Tall Tales and True is produced on Yagara and Turrbal land, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Just a heads up, there's some discussion of suicide in this episode. Listen with care and remember in a crisis you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. These days, the options for trans people to live as they identify are, well, there are more options than there used to be. But what was it like to transition 30 years ago, especially if you came from a country town where football is religion? Hey, I'm Tilly Lawless, and this season on Tall Tales and True, we're hearing the best in live stories told by sex workers. Chantelle Martin is a transgender outreach officer at the Sex Workers Outreach Project, also known as SWAP. She told her story of transitioning at a live event for queer stories in Sydney. She began by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. When I was asked to share my story, I instantly thought, well, this is going to be interesting to say the least. Um, when I received Maeve's email on the format of the evening for the speakers, it said, share about something unexpected, engaging and entertaining. I thought, hell, that's my life in a nutshell. (laughs) I think from the time I came into this world, my life has been just that. I'd like to share with you a time from 30 years ago about my transition I had started the hormone treatment and been on them for about three years. I'd never felt so girly in my life before, and adjusting to this new life for me was exciting and terribly fearful all at once. I was living on the central coast at a time where being trans in a small redneck, ball-scratching footballer town (laughs) wasn't, wasn't ideal. It wasn't an ideal place to transition, especially if you didn't know anyone. I felt I had no other choice at the time but to take care of my own safety. For me, that meant dressing and acting 100% woman 24 hours a day. I told myself every day that I was a woman, and even went as far as imagining I was a genetically born female. I know, right? A bit dramatic. How's that for entertainment? Uh, This whole genetically born female idea really started messing with my head after a while. It would be at its worst when it came to having a shower. I'd be thinking I'm a woman in my head, but washing something totally different between my legs. I can see where this sort of thinking can really affect some of my trans sisters and brothers, to the point of self-harm and suicide. That was it for me. I couldn't allow this sort of thinking to plague my life anymore. It was stunting my growth and preventing me from moving forward to becoming the person I am today. It was just really lonely being in that hideous headspace. I woke up one morning and gave it more thought, and the conclusion to my dilemma was this. I will never ever be a genetically born female. That's a fact. It's reality but I am and can be someone who is proud to be trans. That day, thank you. That day was a massive turning point in my life. 
It felt like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I was no longer living in fear on a daily basis of not looking the part of a woman or becoming feminine enough and constantly looking over my shoulders in case someone from my past outed me. And because I was more comfortable with who I was, others around me were also comfortable with me. I thought, what more could I ask for? My life couldn't be any better. Well, it, it did. My sexual relationships with men changed for, and for the better. As a transgender sex worker, I had ample opportunities for exploring my sexuality. One of the many things we as trans women experience in the sex industry is shaming from a client because of their own guilt. In the beginning, I used to kowtow and make up excuses for them because I wasn't comfortable with who I was. Accepting who I truly am changed everything. I began holding guys accountable, and still do, for their own guilt after bedding down with this amazingly stunning woman with a difference. They would say, oh my, oh my God, does this mean I'm gay because I've had, I've had sex with you? My reply, would be, my reply would be, you can be whatever you want to, babe. Now get out of my house. You're not going to dump your guilt on me. I'm very proud and comfortable of who I am. And that's all that matters to me. Who do I look like? Do you think I look like Oprah Winfrey, who gives a damn? It may seem like I'm a bit hard on, pardon the pun, some of these guys, but ultimately I was harder on myself when I took on their guilt. And I won't ever let myself feel less than again. Looking back over the years, my life has been a constant morphing into different things. I like to call them phases, like my mum did, when I first told her and dad I was trans, dad said, well, is that boy queer now? And mum replied, oh, no, dad, just a phase he's going through. Give it time, he'll snap out of it. <laughs> Today, I like to have a laugh with my mum and dad now and then saying to them, this must be one of the longest phases you've ever seen me go through, right? <laughs> then we all burst out laughing. It wasn't easy for them to deal with my transition at first. They grew up in a time where boys were boys and girls were girls, and anything outside those binaries went into the too hard basket. I didn't make it any easier for them either. either. I chose to run away to Australia and start a new life without giving them the opportunity to get to know the new me. I travel home to New Zealand as often as I can to see them now that they're older. I see the rest of my siblings as well, who also had mixed feelings about my transition over the years. They were the ones I was the hardest on. I told them I didn't give a damn whether they accepted me or not. Mum and Dad accept me, and that's all that matters to me. As far as I was concerned, they didn't pay my rent, put food in my cupboards or clothes on my back, and that was that. I told them I didn't need them in my life if they didn't accept me. But that was a lie, because many years later, when I fell on hard times, I did need them. 
and longed for their emotional support, but my pride just got in the way. Today I have the closest loving relationship with all my intermediate family, and time really did heal all of my wounds, and for that I am truly thankful. Thank you. That was Chantelle Martin's beautiful story of finding acceptance and being herself. Chantelle first told her story at the National LGBTQI Plus Storytelling Project Queer Stories. For more stories like this, visit queerstories.com.au. Maybe you know someone who would appreciate Chantelle's story. Maybe it would even help them to hear it. If her story opens up any wounds for you, remember you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. I'm Tilly Lawless, and I'm really proud of the lineup of stories I get to bring you for this season of Tall Tales and True. Like this next one from an Adelaide sex worker known as Jane What's Her Name. Management at this brothel was also very concerned about condoms or lube being used against us as evidence, which is still common police practice in this great state. So we didn't have a selection of safe sex stuff in the rooms. Instead, the receptionist would give us one tissue with a blob of lube on it and one condom for each job. Just one condom. You'll find that story and the rest of Tall Tales and True in the same place you find so many other great ABC podcasts, in the ABC Listen app. My stand-up was mostly me talking about experiences of racism, you know, and I had no shortage of material. Comedian and two ASIO agents walk into a bar. Sounds like a joke, but it's a true story. And the comedian? He's being questioned over the likelihood of his Islamic radicalisation while ordering the most expensive thing on the menu. Uh, We would joke about ASIO following us. We would have phone conversations pretending to be ASIO. We'd call up each other and pretend to be ASIO just to scare the other person. That's just one of the stories that we have for you on the latest season of Days Like These. The little nun said, What to be sure? You'd never be able to carry that. It's way too heavy. Just post it. And I felt so much guilt. I actually saw the bolt coming towards me. I thought, you know, someone's got me with a bazooka. I didn't think I had that many people I'd rejected. (laughs) Seeing her on the screen, this gorgeous little jelly bean, Like, in my heart, I knew I had to give it a chance. I'm Elizabeth Kulas. Join me on Days Like These for stories about the day when everything changed. Well, they said, oh, there's something wrong with your home. And it's like, well, duh, right? Like I'm in a wheelchair. Episodes drop weekly starting February 9.